Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get to Governor Gilmore. I really appreciate you coming back on here at the end of the week. Because when I spoke to you Monday, we were anticipating President Biden's State of the Union address. And now I'm curious, did you watch... Oh uh, yeah, John. I did have a chance to take a look yeah. at it, and uh, it made some notes actually about what I thought at the time mm. I was watching. It. What'd you think? Well, uh, several things. First of all, you, you didn't learn anything about the State of the Union yeah. in the State yeah. of the Union address. It was a campaign speech. Mm. Uh, but uh, so let's talk about it as a campaign speech. Uh, first of all, he's a he's a gentle looking man. He's a grandfatherly, and uh, so he he presents himself in a, a, mean, a genial, gentle way, but the message was anger. It was uh, it was uh, sort of a, a message about socialism and the imposition of socialism. I, one thing that struck me was uh, that uh, it, it 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 invited anger uh, towards capitalism, mm. towards uh, the application of, uh, of growth and the investment of people. Uh, corporations were the hated target. Uh, they were to be taxed, if anything, maybe even out of existence. Oh, right. Uh, it was an anger sort of thing. Uh, it, there was a, a, a sense of uh, everybody has to pay their fair share. Well, you know, I really wasn't aware the federal government had become the United Way. Uh, but that seemed to be the, the message that's being sent, <laughs> that, that uh, it's all sort of a big charity. Uh, but uh, he indicated that there were people who were committing extortion. And uh, it was a, a message of anger delivered by a genial man. So it was very difficult to, uh, you have to brush it away and really look at the speech for what it was. Mm What did you think of the Republicans who pushed back vocally? I mean, of course, suddenly we've got Miss Manners from the Democratic Party saying that the Republicans should just sit there and politely applaud or or, maybe sit silently. I'm, I'm a Virginia guy, so I like decorum, but I acknowledge I think that's gone out the window. So I was kind of glad that they pushed back when he said Republicans want to torpedo Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare. Give me a break. I, well, you know, not that many people watch this, relatively speaking, yeah. uh, of the uh, population of the United States. And I think it's because people are just tired of all the anger and the resentment. And that's what they certainly got in the speech. Uh, but uh, look, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that's ever going to stand up and shout at a speaker, especially the president of the United well, States. Well, you're a Virginia gentleman too. That's how you presented yeah, yourself but, your whole but life. I, but I was but I was reminded uh, mm-hmm. for in this speech, for example, he was uh, you know very generous towards Nancy Pelosi. They they are canonizing Nancy yeah. Pelosi. But I still remember when President Trump stood up in the very speech, Nancy Pelosi 
picked up his speech and tore it in half and right. threw it down. Well, that's wrong. That's the Speaker of the House of Representatives should not do that. And I thought Kevin McCarthy behaved himself with great decorum. And I think that uh, presenting a sense of dignity and decorum is what the American people need right now. But the, the speech uh, and its reaction was a representation of the political divisions and the hot, intense debate that's going on in the country right now. But uh, I'm not a guy that would have thrown my pass down or torn up a speech or anything <laughs> like that. I just wouldn't have done that. Did he, I'm trying to remember, did he talk about Ukraine in this one? Briefly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. As okay. you know, he's basically said, look, we ran it as long as it takes. Uh, and, of course, the, the Republican response to that is always to be the opposite of what he wants to do. But as you know, uh, I have, based on my experience as an ambassador in Vienna, I believe that this is a crucial moment and that we must continue to stay the course on this Ukraine war. Uh, so he said that he's going to do that, and I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. We're just over a week away from February 20th, which I think in history books is marked as the start of the war. Of course, we talked to you months before from the early battle zone. I mean, you were over there and, and as I recall, vested up and had a helmet on and everything, and they were shooting at each other, and you, you were in the middle of it. So I think it predates February 20th. But I ask you this every week. What's the end game here? Is that being revealed? I mean, he he uh, Zelensky went to meet with the prime minister of Great Britain this week and I think is going to navigate getting more help from the UK. But is, where does this end? Where does this conclude? Uh, listen, as I've said to you before on the radio, it concludes when uh, when the Russians stop. Uh, they are trying to conquer another country. They don't believe it is a country. They want to exterminate uh, Ukraine as a country. If they had to, exterminate the Ukrainian people. But they're really ending up exterminating their own people. The report right now is that tens of thousands of Russian conscripts are being thrown into the line just to gain a little ground in this in this conflict so that Putin can claim that he has a victory, but it's killing tens of thousands of Russians. Mm-hmm. It's really a dreadful thing. And the Ukrainians, you know, they're, they can't just throw people away like that. So it's uh, it's a really tough situation right now over there. Uh, but I think that uh, it's going to go on for a while. Other than that, uh, you have to quit. And if you quit, uh, that means that the Russians gain part or all of Ukraine. They may be, be certified in Crimea, which was a conquest in its own. So this this battle is uh, is ongoing. It was not started by Ukraine. It was not started by the United States of America. It was not started by any of the Western countries. This has been pushed upon us by a, by a war of conquest by Vladimir Putin. It's a rough world we're in. I can't mm-hmm. stop that. I can't. I can't change history. Yeah. That's what he's done, and now we have to deal with it. Uh, you think they're feeling it in Russia? Yeah, I was up in D.C. after I saw you on Monday morning. I went up for an event um, in Washington, and I parked stupidly next to the Russian ambassador's house on 16th Street, and I guess. You know, I was trying to put quarters in the meter so I wouldn't get a ticket. And I guess I hung around a little too long because these guys came out and started looking at me. And I thought, oh, God, I don't want to get into a conflict here in front of the Russian ambassador's house. But that indicated to me that they're used to the protesters. They're a little hypersensitive anybody lingering too long in front of even their property in the United States. Are they feeling the pressure to change the dynamic here and either win or get out, you think? 
No, I think that they're they're going to stay the course, uh, John, and they, we they, we have no choice other than militarily mm-hmm. to get, grant the Ukrainians the the resources they need in order to be able to push them out of Ukraine, and that's yeah. the only choice that Putin's given us. He's given us no choice. The alternative is to surrender in whole or in part. And then at that point, as I've said many times, I think you're on your way yeah. uh, at that point to a real problem and a real disaster and uh, a potential third world war up the road, which I would like to, to not have happen. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I think uh, I think we need to avert it. And this is the moment in the big picture when you have to avert it by pushing back. And there's look, it's up to Ukrainians. They can quit anytime they want to. It's their country, not ours. But uh, they are. I've been to Ukraine. I've talked to them. They're determined to fight for their sovereignty, for their independence. And as long as they are, I'm just very proud that the Western countries are at least arming them. Now, I don't think Adam told you that I might ask this question, and someone just reminded me about it. Seymour Hirsch, that investigative journalist who's, you know, he's been around for a long time. He says that the United States is responsible for bombing the Nord Stream gas pipelines. Um, of course, the White House, the Pentagon say that's not, it's not true, that's a lie. Have, did you track that story? Do you know what I'm talking about with the Seymour Hersh um, allegation and, and the denials from Washington? you have any reaction to that? If you want to, yeah, you want to punt, I, it's okay. But. Well, well, two things. Uh, first of all, I, I'm acquainted with Seymour Hersh. He actually called me at the time uh, that, uh, of the, when I was national chairman of the Republican Party. Huh. We had a conversation. Uh, he's a journalist, but he's a flamboyant journalist. The point is, we all have to look at facts. Right. And I don't think we have any facts on this. Uh, we can speculate as to motives and to why people would be doing these things, but I don't think he has any facts. If he does, he can present them. But would that make sense for us to be involved in that, just strategically? To I just don't think that's that's what we would be doing. Uh, right. okay. You know, I think I think we'd be dealing with these things diplomatically and politically, but uh, I don't think that blowing up pipelines is uh, exactly what the United States secretly is what the United States would do. I don't think we'd be doing that. I can't think of why we would. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's the kind of perspective I was looking at. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. there's shady stuff that happens that you find out um, 20 or 25 years later. Like, yeah, we did that because we were trying to push the buttons to make other people react a certain way. So if that's your candid look, reaction look, to it. My, my real concern here, yeah. John, is that, that your listeners and the people of the United States are too detached from what's going on internationally. We're so yeah. focused on things like the State of the Union address, inflation, the debt of the southern border, that we don't have any any uh, bandwidth right. to think about the international crisis that's that we're in. But the fact is uh, that the United States is never going to permit a hostile power to dominate Europe either physically or politically. Yeah. And we're not going to allow uh, a, uh, a foreign power to dominate the Western Pacific. We never have. And I want to, my message is that would be an existential danger to the existence of the United States. Yeah. And we haven't seen that for a while, but it really right. does exist today. And we, this is a moment, though, when uh, with the Ukrainians fighting for themselves, that we can avert all that. And I, I think that uh, we just have to be steadfast and resolute. And if my fellow Republicans want to turn to neo-isolationism, I'm against that. Yeah. Well, you've uh, been consistent for, for more yeah. than a year on this, and I appreciate you coming on and and you know taking the pitches as, uh, as this stuff unfolds week by week. Former Virginia Governor uh, Jim Gilmore, the former ambassador to Europe uh, under President Trump, thank you. Thank you, John. Keep up the good work.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.